0: I just got my, uh, my fourth uh, comment that I look like the brawny paper towel guy, <laughs> so my mother would be proud on this Mother's Day. Um, I'm going for urban lumberjack. That's the, that's the style I'm going for. It's good to see you guys. Happy Mother's Day. How many moms do we have in the joint? A few. Nice. Happy Mother's Day. We have a gift for you guys after uh, the gathering, so um, make sure you don't bail without getting that gift. What's that? It's the gospel, yes. Woo. The gospel in the form of an awesome gift. Um, man, glad you guys are here. How many of you all have been enjoying this series on Jonah so far? Yes, good, good. Uh, a lot of visitors didn't raise their hand. I guess that's for good purpose because you guys haven't been here for the series on Jonah. But um, it's good to have you today. We're diving in. We're literally halfway through the book, and I'm excited about... What God's going to say to us today. I think we've all been probably learning some things as we walk through Jonah, things about the story of Jonah, things about God, things about ourselves. One thing that's really stood out to me is how much I see my own story in the story of Jonah. I mean, this is a guy, when you really get to know him, that knows God's love and grace firsthand I mean, he's been given an identity. He's been given a calling by God to do this work of a prophet. And he's been given this purpose. He's got it made, but he's not satisfied with God's plan for him. Have you guys ever been there before? (laughs) The two elders say yes. It's like he's forgotten who he is. He's forgotten whose he is. He's, He's become defined by his fears. So he runs from God, thinks he's running for his life. He's actually running from his life. And the good God that we serve outruns him with his grace and overtakes him in the form of a whale. It's a fantastic story. And as we learn something about God in this story, and I think one of the things that we learn is, like mothers, a mother always loves her children. It's Mother's Day, right? A mother, no matter what, a mom's going to love her children. For some reason, God is passionately in love with glorified mud balls like us. I mean, people who just disrespect him, people who run from him, people who live for lesser things than his plan for their life. I guess God, are, you, are you glad that God's grace shows up in our stories to save us and turn us around and redeem us? And that's what he has to do over and over. And I think it's because we often don't see ourselves as we are. So today as we dive in, my prayer for us is that we would really, really take some time during this sermon, afterward as we take communion, to look inward and say, God, what are you saying to me about who I am, about where I am in your story? Because the truth is, like, Right now, sitting in churches all across America are people that are there because we, we want to draw a little closer, but not too close to the furnace of love who's the living God. Like, we want to stay close enough to the fire to keep warm, but we don't want to jump in because we know that the moment we do, we would come out burnt, incandescently transformed, and changed in our life would we'll never be the same. Because we've encountered God. You know, they say it's popular to seek God, but it's not always popular to find him. Because when we do, we have to figure out how our lives fit into his story. So God sometimes has to do crazy things, like he does here in Jonah, to wake us up. To shake us and say, wake up, I love you, I'm chasing after you, I have something greater for your life. Because God is passionate about you. May, may be more passionate about you than you are. And he has a furious love and longing for you. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So some questions from the outset that we'll revisit through the sermon. They're going to kind of make up the, the format as we go. Where are you at in his story? Ask yourself that today. We'll revisit that throughout the sermon. Like, like Jonah, are you running to God? Or are you running from God? Second question we'll ask is, are you listening to his voice? Because he's speaking to you. So, are you listening? And thirdly, are you committed to his plan and his purpose in your life? I mean, Jonah, I can identify with him. He had gone from being a prophet to being a bench warmer, he had become a Sunday Christian. Like the guy is just totally checked out, so to speak, in his faith. And he's hanging out and he's got his 401. K together, you know, he's got his plan together, his dreams are becoming a reality, and then here comes God knocking on the door of his heart, saying, Hey, I've got this plan for you. I've got this purpose for your life, and it's way better than your plan. In fact, it's something that's never really been done. You're gonna go to this country, it's 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 the biggest city in the world. And you're gonna see them, you're gonna preach to them, right? And you're gonna call them to repent. And Jonah says, What? No. No way. Are you crazy? I'm not doing that. That's not part of my plan. What if they kill me? What if they hate me? What if they reject me? That could really jeopardize my retirement, you know? That could really get in the way of what I'm longing for, for my own life. Because at the end, Jonah's at this place in his life where it's all about him. It's all about his plan. It's about me, not you. It's about my heart, my dreams, my way, not you. He's lost it. He's forgotten who he is. So God, in his love, prepares a storm, prepares a fish, and and grabs Jonah in the belly of that fish and holds him close and reminds him who he is. And after three days in fish guts, we catch up to to where we enter the text today, the end of chapter 2, verse 10. Jonah's been in, in fish guts, crying, repenting, That's what we talked about last week, and and here we are. The the end of chapter 2, the Lord spake to the fish, and it vomited Jonah up upon the dry land. Beautiful picture. Have you ever had one of those moments? Where the whale vomited you up onto dry land? Quite a picture. Or maybe it's looked like this. Has God ever wrestled you down and pinned you down and made you look him in the face? Has God ever had to try to, like, pry something from your hands because you're holding on to it for dear life, a job, something else? He says, no, 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 That's going to diminish your life. I've got something better for you. Have you guys ever been there? That's where we find Jonah. And I, I relate to this because there was this time in my life. I was, I was young. I grew up in church, pastor's kid, and I had basically, like, felt this really strong call to be a minister, but I had all these desires and, you know, know, the human heart. It's kind of dark and and broken and stuff. So um, in Bible college, I totally backslid. And I ran as far as I could, as fast as I could from God. And I don't know if if I've ever shared this story here, but I'll I'll share it with you guys. So I I ended up uh, meeting Nancy. We had Lily, Ivan, got a business, successful wireless store. I'm doing great. On the outside, I love my kids, I love my wife, I should be so happy, but because I'm separated from God, I was miserable. And I remember one Sunday afternoon they had made this uh TV movie on the life of Lucille Ball. So if you ever go back and see when that was playing, that's that's the time this this happened. And and we were doing laundry and hanging it up on the clotheslines and all that fun stuff, and I decided to have a drink and it didn't stop there and I passed out on the couch and woke up and much like the whale that vomited out Jonah (laughs) I almost died I almost died alcohol poisoning it was a moment in my life where God pinned me down and said what are you doing son why are you running from me why are you running from my love for you and that's where we find Jonah, on this beach, covered in well vomit. In verse 1 of chapter 3, says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. What grace. What a God of grace that he doesn't give up on us. I mean, like... My heart is so warmed when I read that. I just want to worship. I want to call the praise band back up and just worship right here. Just have like a Pentecostal praise break. Because that's the kind of God that we're living for, the God who loves us. Somebody says he's the God of the second chance. He's the God of the third and the fourth and the infinite chances. What a God of love. What grace. When we've ignored him, rebelled against him, run as hard as we could. Yet not only does he pursue us, but what does he do? He brings us back into his plan and his purpose for our lives. Like, let me ask you guys, do you think Jonah's forgiven at this point? Yeah, what makes you think that? Yeah, God God not only saved his life... But God calls him back into his work, into partnership with the mission of God. That's amazing. That's mind-blowing, right? It reminds me of the prodigal son who's like, I'll just come back and be a servant. And the father's like, no, 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 no. He puts the ring on his finger. He puts the royal robe around his shoulders. He says, no, no, no. I'm calling you back into life, back into the status you had. That's the kind of grace in our God. I'm so thankful for a God who doesn't give us the judgment we deserve, but he gives us the blessed life and value and meaning and purpose that Christ deserved. What a a God we serve. So let me ask you that first question. Where do you see yourself in this story today? Are you like Jonah where you're hearing a call from God on your life? Have you heard what his mission, his plan, his purpose is for you? And if so, how are you responding? Are you, are you listening? Are you ignoring it? Are you afraid of listening? Are you running the other way? Maybe, I don't know, maybe you found yourself in a storm. Maybe you found yourself in a trial. I'm, I'm going to just ask you guys and put you on the spot. Show of hands, how many people in the last few months have gone through uh, some serious storms or trials in your life? I'm in the right place. Mm. We do that sometimes. We resent it. Has God been calling you to his plan and purpose? I, I have a question for you. If you're in the storm, if you're sinking, if you feel like you're in a whale's belly, what's going on in your heart in those moments? Oftentimes, how do we feel in those times? Do we feel like God is close and loving us? Do we feel like he's doing something for our good in those moments? Seldom, like rarely, ever, right? We don't feel that way. I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know if you're in a whale's belly right now. I had a tough time this week myself. (laughs) I have good news. Just like Jonah, God is not done with you. God has a purpose for the storm. There's a, there's a plan in the well's belly, right? It's like a crucible. Have you guys seen those where you, where you perfect the metal and you put the fire to it and you burn out all the impurities? Like The storms of our life are like that. They're like a crucible that, that God, the fire of his grace is perfecting us. The heat of his love is, is purifying us and the process of his plan is preparing you for his work. That's what God says to his prophet Zechariah. I love this. God says to to Israel, He says, I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure. I'll refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, These are my people. And they will say, The Lord is my God. Like, you notice what it says there? He'll bring us through the fire. He never leaves us in the fire, guys. He brings us through these times, and Peter picks up on that, right? Peter's writing to the early church, and he says something similar. He says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, how, what's it worth? It's, it's more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Guys, there is a purpose to the fiery crucible you're in. God has a plan in the storm and the sea and the whale's belly. The, The tough times you've come through, God has a plan in that for you. Do you believe that? Here's a nugget of truth. These difficulties have been preparing Jonah for this gracious moment when God's word comes to him again. Otherwise, he just would have responded the same way he did at the beginning, right? But God is doing something in his heart. What's God say for Jonah? He says, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. Does that sound familiar? It's like there's this really delayed echo in here from a few weeks ago. Because that's the same exact thing, almost word for word, that Jonah was, was told by God the first time, right? Go to Nineveh. And how did Jonah respond the first time? You guys remember? Somebody. Ivan, yes. He didn't want to go there. So what did he do, guys? He ran away. He ran away from God's plan crazy. So so what's the difference? Well, God's message hasn't changed. God's mission hasn't changed. What's changed? God's man. God's man has changed. Jonah who comes out of the whale is a totally different man than the Jonah who went into the whale. God's been doing something in his life. It's like a cocoon, a caterpillar goes crawling into the cocoon and a few days later emerges a totally different creature, right? In that same way, while Jonah's in the whale's belly, while he's in the trial, in the storm, God is at work doing something. It was a time of letting go who he had been, a, a time of, like, of dying to himself, right? Of leaving this old Jonah behind and God making him new and being reshaped by God into something new. Somebody told me this week, I love this quote, they said, you must be willing to give up who you've become in order to recover who God created you to be. So, like if God's placed a purpose in your life, are you living that out? Or has maybe some lesser purpose come in the way and gotten you off course? We talked about this this week in our gospel community. We read through Jonah's prayer that we covered last week on Sunday. And, man, it was a good discussion. And... Uh, Nancy said at one point, she said this. She said, um, and this was one of those moments the Spirit was just moving on her heart. She's like, guys, sometimes we have to go through the times of struggle and confusion and questioning and anger and release before we really own those truths about God. Sometimes God has to send us our version of Jonah's whale to break us in order for us to see him. Isn't that what God's doing in Jonah's life? Think about it. The Jonah who went into the well was all focused on self, and he came out focused on God. The Jonah who went into the well was broken, and he came out healed. The Jonah who went into the well was just like, just messed up with life. He was disillusioned, and he came out with a focused vision. He went in running from God's plan, and he came out running toward God's plan. It's a totally different Jonah, and God did that in the belly of the whale. How do we know? Look at the next verse, verse 3. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. I love that. So Jonah arose, went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. You guys remember what it said last time Jonah did in response? It says, in in so this is chapter 3, verse 3. In Jonah chapter 1, verse 3, it says, and Jonah arose and to uh, flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So the exact opposite thing, right? Our lives are on a course either toward or away from God's plan and purpose for us. Like imagine, what would the story of Jonah look like if when God's word came to him the first time in chapter 1 verse 3, he responded like he did in chapter 3 verse 3. It'd be a very different story, wouldn't it? No storms, no sea, no whale. Totally different story. A lot shorter, too. It would have gone from four chapters to two chapters. Honestly, probably been a bit boring. Right? But God had a plan in all of this. Here lies Jonah on a beach covered in whale vomit, and God's word comes to him a second time. Yeah, I remember clear as day My own story, hearing God in that near-death experience. I'm I'm laying there in my house, sick as a dog, and hearing God call me back to himself. And the next Sunday, guess where I was? Anybody? Back at church, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you betcha, right? Immediately, I ran back. I'll never forget that feeling. Like, there's no feeling like it when you come into a place where people are singing the praises of God. Like the warmth that I felt, the, the the peace that I felt, the joy that was like returning and flooding into my life, I remember just crying. Have you guys ever been there, just just crying because you've recovered that presence of God in your life? Within a year, I was back in ministry. I was serving. I was doing anything I could. I was being a janitor. I was, you know, cleaning up the flooding toilets. I I didn't care. I just wanted to serve God. We sold our wireless store, and I went to work, like making less than minimum wage at a Christian school. Why? I didn't care. I just wanted to go God's way. I was done doing it my way. I was finished. I looked God in the face and said, "Wow, that is not the way I want to live my life." You can have it all, guys. You can have everything, the money, the the relationships, everything, but without God in your life, what good is it? And God was freeing my heart from all the fears that drove me away from him. And, I mean, mine isn't some special isolated incident. Like, God has a purpose for everyone in this room. God has a plan for you. And for you, and for you, and for you. God has a mission for you. God has a calling on your life that's greater than your plan, that's greater than your kingdom, that's greater than the things that maybe you would choose to live for on your own. So that's the second question. Are you listening to God's voice? Like, like right now, what what is God saying to you? But I mean, I get that it's scary to follow Jesus. Like look at what Jesus calls people to do. Right? Some guy comes to him and says, I want to follow you. And he says, cool, sell everything. Give the money to the poor and follow me. That's not God's command for everybody in all time, but God in the flesh told that guy to do that. It's scary to ask what God wants us to do. Hey, I want to follow you, but I got to bury my dad. Let the dead bury their dead. Come and follow me right now. This guy comes up to him. Hey, I want to follow you. He says... The foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but I don't have a place to lay my head. Are you sure you want to follow me? If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. These are the kinds of calls that God issues when we ask. Are we afraid to ask? I get it. I I get it. Some people walked away from Jesus, some followed, but what did Jonah do? He did both. I've done both. We've all done both. Sometimes we follow, sometimes we walk away. If you get anything out of this sermon, I want to challenge you guys to be the Jonah of Jonah chapter 3, verse 3, and not the Jonah of chapter 1, verse 3. Listen to God's call today, count the cost. What is God saying to you today? Are you listening? Caesar tweeted this this week. A friend of mine said, if, if Jesus is with us always, then we should be listening to him speak. <laughs> it's kind of a no-brainer, right? What, what is the Holy Spirit saying to us? Are we asking, Holy Spirit, what's next in my life? Let's keep going. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days journey in breadth. This verse is really restating something that this is, the task hasn't changed. It's still like you can hear the theme music. It's still mission impossible. There is no way Jonah can do this. It's an impossible task. And again, like like we said, God's message hasn't changed. God's mission hasn't changed. But Jonah has. He's all in now. Are you committed to the plan of God? That's the last question. Are you committed to God's plan and purpose for you? And maybe we could even tailor that to what Tom said. Are you committed to God, to him? If not, why not? What, what's in the way? What, what fears are gripping your heart? What, what other plans are taking you off course? Jonah was not distracted anymore. Look at verse 4. Jonah began to go into the city going a day's journey. And he called out, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So he was driven by fear before, like totally defined by it. What if they hate me? What if they reject me? What if this takes me to a place I don't like? Where's all that fear now? Where's all that stuff that was driving his life? It's back in the whale. It's back in the bottom of the sea. Like, it's gone. Jonah is free. He's been to the bottom of the sea. He's faced his sin. He's faced his God. And now nothing else is steering his life. Question for you guys. Do you, do you want to be free from fear? Anybody? Yes, here's, here's a secret. Eh, it's actually not a secret, it's like all throughout the Bible, but <laughs> all you need to do is see God as He is. His His love, His furious love for you, His sovereign control over your life, the more you see Him. You stand in awe. You're you're freed. We get freed by seeing God as He is. Like it says in 1 John, there is no fear in love, but perfect love does what? Yeah. The furious love of God is what Jonah encountered. And it's what we find here directing this new Jonah's life. He shed his old motivations. He's not afraid anymore. He's already died. He's already faced all that. All the things that used to drive him don't drive him anymore. He's free. He's fearless. So here comes God's man on God's mission speaking God's message. And how do they respond? Verse 5. The people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. Now, I would dare say, I think, guys, this is, the world is longing for this. The world is hungry for this. They know they need to repent. They're tired of celebrities and politicians whose lives are falling apart. They're hungry for a family living on mission that is freed from fear and full of love. The world is hungry for this. And we're going to talk more about that next week. But I'll ask you as we, as we wrap this up to ask yourself this, these three questions one more time. Where am I at in the story? Where do I see myself? Are you running? Are you in the storm? Where are you? Are you listening? If so, what is God calling you to do? And will you commit to that? Will you trust that his plan is best? Will you you trust him? Will you trust his heart? And I know fear is a big issue here. Like, when I say that, it's like, well, you're saying I have to give up control. You're saying I have to trust an invisible God. You're saying that I have to commit to his plan instead of mine. Fear I don't want to be in the belly of a well. Fear. But as the scripture said, perfect love casts out fear. So I just want to remind you as we close about that perfect love for you in Christ. And Patricia, I think this speaks to you. Let's all, let's all listen in to the gospel. Because Jesus did everything that we're calling you to do, everything we see in the life of Jonah, Jesus did that for us. Jesus knew his place in the story. Like, do you remember in John 18 where he says, For this cause came I into the world. For this cause was I born. He knew exactly why he was here. Right? And Jesus listened to the Father's voice, didn't he? He said, I only do the will of my Father. He said that in John 5, says it in John 8. And also we see, of course, Jesus commits to it. Because there's this moment where he's facing Calvary. He's facing the cross. And the Bible says what? He set his face like a flint to go to Jerusalem. He committed. He was all in. Why? Because of his love for you. Because of his trust in his Father. That's the kind of God that we serve. Will you close your eyes with me? And just just think about this as we as we wind it down. Jesus Christ finished what we continually fail out because of his love for us. He lived a perfect life in our place because he wanted you as his own. He died. He was in the belly of the earth for three days and nights. Jesus went through the storms so that you could see you're not alone That the fires of God's crucible won't kill you, instead they'll purify you. That the floods won't drown you, instead they'll cleanse you. That the whales won't devour you, instead they'll carry you back into God's purpose and plan for you. Jesus Christ reminds us of God's love for us. The gospel frees our hearts to see God's love for us and it casts out fear. I want to pray. After I pray, we're just going to turn on some music and we're going to come up here and take communion together. If you're a visitor, we want to invite you. If you've, if you've given your heart to Jesus and you're a follower to come up and take communion with us, if you're not a believer yet, you can still come up and join a circle and listen in and check out what's going on and watch people confess and believe and watch the transformation happen as, as our fears get shed in the light of our loving, furiously loving God. But let's, let's pray. God, thank you that you're for us today. We, we may be running from you. I don't know where everyone's here, but, but you do, God. And your love runs faster than us. We may be in a storm, but we're not alone. You're there. Help us to listen to your voice today, to hear your call today. Maybe, maybe we don't even want to listen Maybe we're afraid to come confess today. God, help us to believe Your plan is better than ours; that it actually is abundant life. Holy Spirit, enable our hearts to ask what You're calling us to do. Give us the boldness to come up here and share it today over communion. Like I love, free us, God. I pray right now that every person in this place would have the faith. The gift of faith to come and commit to your plan and purpose for their life, to trust you, to look into the face of your furious love for us and be forever changed. Give us that grace today. Have your way in our hearts. Speak to us, Lord, as we quiet ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.